Hello, I'm Mike Brown, Executive Editor of Supermarket News, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast series, Off the Shelf with SN. In today's episode, we're joined by Mike Salguero, the founder and CEO of ButcherBox, a leading online subscription-based provider of high-quality and claims-based meats delivered to customers' doors. Mike founded ButcherBox in 2015 when he discovered that 100% grass-fed beef was extremely hard to find in the U.S. Mike built ButcherBox as an online butcher and retailer with a focus on making high-quality meat more accessible to all, with an emphasis on animal welfare, the environment, supporting farmers and fishermen, and social initiatives such as diversity, equity, and inclusion. Today, he joins us to talk about the latest trends in the meat retail industry, as well as the impact of inflation and supply challenges, and how the meat industry is becoming more engaged with sustainability and social issues as the demand for claims-based meat continues to rise. So welcome, Mike. Thank you for having me. Really really excited to be here. Our pleasure. Uh, So I think we both saw the recent Power of Meat report that came out from FMI. Um, And it was good news. It noted that Americans still are by and large meat purchasers with 98.5% of American households buying meat at a regular basis. Um, I mean, does that tie in with what you're experiencing in ButcherBox? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, obviously, uh, there has been quite a bit of uh, pricing pressure and inflation over the past um, year. Uh, But we really have not seen demand let up. Um, It seems like uh, customers are prioritizing the food that they're eating as uh, as an item that's really important for them. Um, And so, you know, if anything, we've just seen uh, meat meat consumption uh, rising. And then in our case, in the claims based space, we do see uh, an increased focus on people's health and uh, claims, claims-based meat. People are uh, choosing more often because they're, they're caring more about the food that they're eating and what they're, what they're doing. Right. So, so beyond the inflation that we're seeing now, what, what have the past two years of the pandemic been like for, for your company? Yeah, in terms yeah of I mean, trends, it's, uh, <laughs> it's whack-a-mole out there. It's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. Um, you know, so when the pandemic started, uh, so we're now two years in, when the pandemic started, uh, we saw incredibly high demand um, just coming in the door, lots and lots of customers um, trying to get a box. And then our, our both new customers and existing customers, our existing customers were trying to, um, you know, stock up and get as much meat as possible. So we, um, we never ran out of meat, but we certainly were, we, we had to go on a wait list pretty quickly where we didn't let anyone new in um, and really just wanted to make sure that we honored the customers that we had and made sure that we could get them the products that they were looking for. Um, and so by the summer of 2020, that had kind of worked its way out. And then there were all these just you know, different shortages, uh, whether it was, um, my favorite was, uh, dry ice. So we ship frozen in the mail. So you get a box with eight to 12 pounds of meat, uh, or more, if you order more add-ons, uh, direct, direct to your door and we ship with dry ice and keep the, the stuff frozen. Well, dry ice, it turns out is, um, carbon dioxide, um, you have frozen carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide, uh, comes mostly in this country from the ethanol process, Ethanol is uh, used in fuel. So when people are not driving because of the lockdowns, not enough fuel is being produced, not enough ethanol is being produced, not enough CO2 is being produced. That that is being produced is getting sucked up by Anheuser-Busch and Coca-Cola. And so there's no dry ice, you know, and it's like, 
geez, who even knew that these markets were intertwined, you know? And so, I mean, on one hand, like I love, um, I love processing a lot of information and trying to be agile. Uh, And I think as a company, we're very agile in our approach and able to bob and weave, but there's always something there's some, some new, um, yeah, some new, uh, thing that we need to navigate. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly now in the past year, really what we've seen is some really big price increases across the board, whether it's paper and packaging, whether it's labor, whether it's moving trucks around the country, fuel surcharges, labor surcharges. I mean, they're kind of everywhere. And, uh, I, I, you know, uh, from the people I talk to in the meat industry and in other consumer packaged goods uh, industries, it's, it's really a question of how does that change? Like, when, when does that, when does that go away? How do, how do, and what does that look like? And I think um, we, as well as others, are concerned about prices just continuing to rise because it makes things less and less accessible to uh, to customers. Um, and uh, you know, unfortunately, um, despite the fact that people have received uh, that wages have increased as much as they have over the past year. Um, most of that has been eaten up by inflationary, inflationary pressures on the other side. And yeah. that's, uh, that's hard. Me, you mentioned before you said whack-a-mole and it's exactly what it is. You know, okay, we, we handled the, uh, the pandemic crisis, but then we had the supply crisis, then we had the labor crisis. So it's like every time yeah. you you're out, they pull you back in. Kind of thing. That's right. That's right. And then there's a, you know, there's a war that happens to be in a place that provides a ton of the, the, the grains uh, worldwide. And it's just, it's kind of been nonstop and uh, you know, it's um it's, it's tiring. It's all, but it's also really, you know, it's really fun. If you, if you like being on your toes all the time, yeah. it's a, it's been a fun two years for sure. A lot of pivoting. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think, you know, for us, we're really excited about like what is what what's happening with meat in general. Um, you know, so the the administration is interested. Biden mentioned the big four in the in um, his State of the Union address. There's definitely a lot more interest in meat as a category, which I think is is good um, because there's a lot of things that need to be fixed in order for meat to really move into the, the 21st century. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I want to talk to you about the, the claims-based meat, which is obviously one of your focuses, but also um, what about the continued rise of plant-based meat alternatives? Is that something, you know, what kind of impact are you seeing from that? And, and, and where is that whole trend headed? It's not really a trend anymore. It's an actual thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is an actual thing. I mean, in the power of meat um, report, uh, um, Plant-based is really still a tiny fraction of the overall meat market. Um, And while it did have explosive growth over 2020, uh, really it's, 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 it's not growing nearly as fast as it one time did. Um, I believe that's because if you remember back in 2020, there was nothing on the shelves. And so you, what you saw was bison grew dramatically lamb grew dramatically. Why do those grow? Because they're like literally the last thing on the shelf and plant-based grew dramatically because it's one of the last things on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little worried about the plant-based market to be perfectly honest. Um, I think that the approach of um, making things that look like meat and taste like meat, but you're using monocropped um, yeah. soybeans and, and genetically modified stuff. And 
I don't think that's the answer. Like, I don't think it's environmentally great. Um, we, we like to say that we agree with uh, vegetarians and plant-based eaters. Um, we actually have a lot of people who have been told by doctors that they need to eat meat and they're like, okay, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it the most conscientious way possible. Um, we agree that the industry needs to be fixed and that the industry is in some ways broken. Um, where we disagree is we we're focused on the actual meat market. Um, so I think plant-based will, will continue to stay. I think, um, cultured meat is a whole other thing, which is pretty interesting. We we've, we've looked into that just, just to understand what's happening there. I think that's a really interesting market. Um, one of the things that Anne Marie, who uh, does the power of meat has talked about over the past few years is the, uh, the, the rise of the inclusion burgers. These are the burgers that are half meat, half vegetable, like mushroom. I think that's going to be really big. Um, and far bigger, I think, than, um, than plant-based. Um, I think plant-based plant -based has a role. We are looking at providing plant-based options, although we want like real ingredients, but we're, we're looking at plant-based options for our members because we do know that, you know, members host others for dinner and it, some people don't eat meat and that's, that's perfectly okay. I think that's, um, you know, not cer certainly not the path I've taken, but, um, yeah, I do think, I like to say that we're in alignment, um, that the way in which animals are raised and harvested in this country needs to change. Right. Yeah. And that brings me to my next point, you know, butcher box as a, as a specialist in claims based meats, honestly, um, that's kind of the target for a lot of the plant-based people. They're not necessarily vegetarian so much, but they're, it's the, the issues around meat that, that bother them right. more. So you know, we've seen a rise in claims-based meats. I'm sure you, know, you have. Uh, consumers are becoming much more engaged with sustainability issues and social issues, animal, you know, humane treatment of animals. So what's the impact of that on, on the meat industry as a whole and obviously for Butcher Box? Yeah, I think that the impact is that the meat industry needs to um, embrace this rather than fight against it. Um, I was on a panel at the meat conference uh, last year and I, I reminded people I've gone to the meat conference year over year. And the idea of online sales was like always thought of as this ah, super niche. We don't need to worry about online. And then the next year it was like, online's pretty interesting. And then the next year is like, online's really. And then by the time the pandemic happened, if you didn't have an online strategy as a, as a retailer, you were in trouble. Um, and those that had an online strategy, those that thought about the future, did incredibly well. So you saw you saw uh, companies such as Target just cleaning up on online grocery store sales because they prioritized it earlier than like the day the pandemic hit. Um, I drew a parallel with that to claims based. Like the train has left the station. Um, the question is, are you going to keep saying, "Yeah, this is niche. This is super small. Uh, can't make it. Can't scale it. Not affordable." You know all the things that people say, rather than like wow, we really need to figure this out. And um, that transformation is absolutely here. It's absolutely happening. And I think, you know, I think um, I'm excited that meat companies are waking up to it, retailers and meat companies, and are saying like, we need to make this a priority. I think things like uh, Prop 12 in, in California and Question 3 in Massachusetts are uh, certainly 
showing that there might be legal requirements to treat animals differently, if not market requirements in terms of what the customer is looking for. Um, my biggest concern is um, I see a lot of um, corner cutting when it comes to, uh, okay, people want this type of product. Let's, um, let's like slap a label on that has a leaf and says something like all natural, which means nothing and like call it a day. Um, and I think that what customers actually want, what, um, you know, the generations, millennials and, and, and younger want is, uh, companies that actually stand for making change. Like I, you want your dollars, that, that type of customer, including me, that's why I started the company, want my dollars to go make an impact, um, not just go and buy a product. And I think that requires a lot more curiosity and a lot more um, work than just putting on a label. Um, and I think uh, my hope is that uh, grocery stores, um, you know, either spend the time themselves or work with companies like ButcherBox to, to really bring a product, a high quality product that's raised well, better for the animal, better for the environment, better for the farmer, um, that, that they really, you know, honor, honor the, the amount of work that's needed in order to move the industry in a different direction. Okay. Right. You, know, you mentioned last year's meat conference and that was the last show right before everything changed. I mean, uh, I, they were talking there about meat and, and most of, most of the issues they were talking about were like COVID was something new, wasn't even called COVID then. And, and um, it was, uh, it was mostly about, Oh, imports from China and stuff. And that was what the concern was about. So it's kind of interesting by the time we all got home from that show, uh, everything had changed. The landscape had changed yeah. and it's yeah. pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, so, that was three years ago. Uh, and then ago. last year it was online. Right. right. I mentioned and then that. this year it was supposed to happen. And then it got canceled uh, because of Omicron and all the other, you know, wave that came in. Yeah. So speaking a little bit back to, to the, the topic of COVID, um, we've seen a lot of trends in shopping and consumer lifestyles change, obviously, over the past two years. Um, you know, the, the, the home cooking thing is obviously huge and it doesn't seem to be going away. Um, the, the focus on wellness and social issues actually is, has risen a lot because of COVID. So uh, my question, I guess, to you is like, it, a lot of these behaviors are sticking around. Um, yep. What does that indicate going forward for, for the meat industry and for ButcherBox? <clears throat> yeah, so um, I used to say to our company that we are in a dying industry and that industry is the home cooked meal mm -hmm. that, um, you know, if you looked at the trends pre-pandemic, if you looked at the trends year over year, it was just like less home-cooked meals, less home-cooked meals, less home-cooked meals. And then the pandemic hit and, um, you know, obviously completely changed that overnight. Um, and what we've seen, and we've done a bunch of research in this area, we've talked to customers, we've talked to non-customers, we, we're really interested in like the meal and what does that mean for people and where are they getting it and et cetera. And um, what we found very interesting, and this is absolutely true for me and my experience is um, you, the pandemic forced people to have to then to have to cook. And a lot of cooking is about getting confident in what you're cooking. And so if you, during the pandemic, for example, learned how to make sourdough bread, all of a sudden you're not buying sourdough bread at the grocery store, even when the world opens back up. Same thing with uh, Taco Tuesday. So if you started making tacos on Tuesday and you're like, 
this works. People love it. I know how to make the recipe now because I, I, I'm now more confident. You're not going back to, to ordering out on Tuesdays, maybe every once in a while, but really that meal has been replaced. And so I think we're definitely, I'm very bullish on the home cooked meal being a, uh, a big component and a bigger component going forward. Um, I don't know when that changes. I mean, obviously I, I live in Boston. Um, you know, restrictions have been lifted as of a few weeks ago, and it feels like everyone wants to go out for a bit, but then we have another wave possibly coming of COVID and then it will be back in our houses or, you know, whatever happens, hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, so I, I mean, but I, I do think that home cooking and, uh, fending for yourself is, um, changed for good. I mean, I learned during the pandemic uh, how to um, give my dog a haircut. Right. A little tiny 18 pound Labradoodle and the, the place was closed. So I got clippers online and I cut her hair and you know, it's, that's not the best job, but um, I used to pay $80 to cut her hair and now I do it myself and I, I enjoy doing it. Like I'm, and I, I don't see myself going back, you know, like maybe every once in a while, but I do think that me as a regular customer every eight weeks is, is, is gone. Um, and I think that is the case with meat in general, I think. Um, and I think that's a really big opportunity for retailers in terms of how do you simplify people's lives and empower them in the kitchen in ways that they feel really good about putting the food that they're putting on the table or putting in, you know, into their bodies. How do you how do you help them feel as good as possible about that? Yeah, and you know, and, and on the the, the 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 more granular side, there is inflation, and people are not going out to restaurants. I mean, I go, I live in New York, so I go out fairly often still to restaurants, and the prices have gone like sky high. Oh my God. I know That's prices right. are up in the supermarket too, but you, you know, realistically, <laughs> you can still afford to go out and buy food. You might not be able to go out and and dine. You know, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, that's one of the reasons why people come to a company like Butcher Box is that you can get that restaurant quality delivered to your door. And then if you if you cook it and you get good at cooking it, you really, you know, like, why would you go pay the whatever it is now, $65 for a filet on a plate (laughs) when you can just like cook it yourself and pay a fraction of that? And, you know, in many ways, um, at least in my life, um, I found that I am, I feel way healthier now than I did when I was eating out a few times a week, uh, because of, you know, whatever lack of oils or it's, it's really hard to be healthy, to eat healthy and eat out a lot. And that's been really, you know, it's like, I, who, who wants to go back to that, that lifestyle? Not me, at least. I don't know. Maybe some people really miss it. I, I do. Yeah, I think some people just want to get out of the house, but I think that'll wear off once they're out that's of right. the house. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so just to wrap up a little bit, uh, going forward, what, what do you see as the big trends, whether it's challenges or opportunities in, in meat that, that retailers will be facing, let's say, in the next year? I mean, things change quickly, so it's hard to make any kind of projection. They changed. Uh, we didn't know there was going to be a war. We didn't know this. We didn't, you know, but just in general, what, what do you see some overall trends to, to watch in the meat industry? So uh, for one, and I don't necessarily have any insider info on this. My guess is as good as anyone's. But um, I think that what we're going to see economically is, uh, you know, inflationary period, which is what we're dealing with. 
followed by a, a, a fast and deep recession. Um, and hopefully that's not the case, but I also think like, you know, I've talked to a bunch of consumer packaged goods people and it's kind of like, how do prices ever come down? And it's like, well, if there was a recession, that would be a driver of price reduction. Um, if that's the case, I think um, the more that, and this might seem counterintuitive, but the more that grocery stores can focus on providing this level of claims to the customer, the better. Um, whether they're working with someone like ButcherBox or opening up in retail this summer, uh, we're going to be in grocery stores, or you're working with other people, that type of item, which you might think is a niche product, is growing and also um, has a customer who is like dedicated to eating that way. It's a there, there's a mind shift shift that happens, and once that customer has awakened to oh, geez, I really like, I want to be conscientious of the dollars I'm spending uh, and how I'm spending them and how the animal's treated. Um, I believe that that helps recession-proof the meat case. Uh, the more claims-based it is, the more recession-proof it is. I don't know if that's true, but that is, uh, and I think a recession's coming. Um, but I, that, yeah, that's that's what I would be focused on. And I, and I do think there is a, and I like to be the, the flag bearer of this, there is a transformation happening. The customer is definitely more interested in claims-based. Obviously, it's still small, and that's fine if people want to ignore it and just talk about, well, most of the industry is not that way, um, but it is coming quickly. And um, just being prepared for that, whether it's you know Prop 12 stuff uh, or it's just understanding that customers are increasingly wanting products that are better for the planet and better for the animal, uh, and better for the customer and better for the environment. Like all of that stuff is really important to the customer and honoring that rather than shunning that is what I would be uh, focused on if I was a, a retailer right now. Okay, great. Um, just before we wrap up, you did mention there that Butcher Box will be going to retail this year. Is that something that you, you want to mention or talk about a little bit or? Yeah, for sure. We're super excited about it. Okay. I mean, so we are, uh, our website is butcherbox.com. We are a direct to consumer deliver to your door online um, service. The reality is despite um, gains made in online because of COVID, um, you know, it depends on how you look at the math, but somewhere between 90 and 94% of consumers are just regularly buying groceries at the supermarket. Uh, more of most of online Retail is actually click and collect, which I consider to be grocery shopping. You just don't get out of your car and you pick it up at the grocery store. Um, and so when you look at that and you look at our desire to build a brand uh, in meat that's known for doing things right, we have to go into retail because that's where people are shopping. Um, and so we're really excited because we do a lot of uh, advertising, marketing, PR, uh, you know, whether it's online, um, TV, podcasts, we do a lot of stuff to drive online eyeballs. And if you think about, uh, okay, 90% of the people who see this television ad during the NBA finals are not going to buy online. That's really interesting to us. So we think that we have a really big opportunity to leverage our marketing dollars and just market, um, not only for online, but also for in-store. And we're, we're looking to work with several, several partners um, 
both, uh, you know, big box retailers, um, clubs. I mean, we're, we're really taking a wide approach and understanding kind of what program works. Um, you know, is it the, it, what type, like, it, it's interesting because we're frozen. So like, we don't really want to be in the frozen aisle. We want to be yeah. in the meat, meat aisle. And, you, you know, cause those are two different buyers. It's just, mm-hmm. it's interesting, but we're certainly looking to talk to anyone who's interested in, in putting us in there. And, um, we think our story is, is really interesting and we think we can drive a lot of sales in retail, which we're really excited about. That is, that is very exciting. Uh, good luck with that. Um, so this has been great. Um, I'm, I've gotten a lot of out of this. It's, it's like, you know, you think we, we covered everything, you know, in supermarket news and yet I always find out something new. Uh, <laughs> so, so I want to thank you for the insights and spending some time with us today, Mike. Yeah, thank you. I uh, really appreciate it and happy to um, keep talking about uh, all the things we're trying to do here. Great. Well, and I want to thank our audience for listening and everybody just have a great day. Thanks. <laughs>